And now back to the Sun and Fun Radio Deck, brought to you in part by the Green Bay Austin Straubel International Airport. Take it away, guys. Thank you, Dr. Dave. Hey, it's Dave Shelbetter, chairman of Sun and Fun Radio. This year's event is quite a different event thanks to the current situation in the world. One of the things that I was very sad to find out is that our friends from the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast would not be attending. They have been a part of our station since before we started audio streaming, uh, thanks to their ex- our exposure on their podcast and their podcast exposure on our station. We've been a mutually beneficial arrangement for years, and I could not do a year. I just couldn't face doing a year without hearing the voices in my head. And this year, the voices in my head legitimately are the voices in my head. We are going to take a now to a uncontrolled airspace live remote podcast. Uh, let's see if we can power up the old super transmitter and throw a few levers here. Good morning, um, Sun and Fun Radio. Come in. Come in, Sun and Fun Radio. Hello, are you hello. there, Sun and Fun Radio? Hello. 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 Is the mic on? Is the mic on? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. How, I can hear many, you now. Are you how, there? How many gerbils are you using? Uh, we had three. We had to add a fourth to get all the way down to Sarasota. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Good morning, Dave Shellbetter. How are you? This is Jack. Hello, Jack Hodgson. How are you? I'm good. Now, I should just start out by saying that uh, uh, Jeb, I think you just heard Jeb's voice. Um, our, our third cohort here, Dave Higdon, is MIA this morning. Um, he has not checked in on our little, uh, in, into our virtual hangar yet. Where's Dave's he? not here. Dave's, Dave's not, not here, here man. Dave's not here, man. Um, uh, we suspected it, it is, the, the culprit here is some sort of time zone mathematics failure. Um, and that, uh, because he's in central time. De- Jeb and I are both in eastern time. And so we, it was easy for us. But, uh, so, so you, you know, know, it's a it's a real shame that we don't have some kind of little magic box on our hip that we can call uh, people on. Take in my this, word in for this it. day and age. In this day and age, sorry, Jeb, I had to steal that from you. That's no, your no, 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 no. <laughs> take, take my word for it. I've tried all the magic boxes I have available this morning, and uh, he's still MIA. But and so, and this could be exciting because he may join us on the fly, and who knows whether or not he will join us? You know, with a there is all kinds of technical issues involved. But, and uh, but talking gonna, about technical issues, I just got a text from our. Our other Dave, Dave Pasco, just sent me a text saying, we need that Dave to fulfill the two-Dave minimum quota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, Dave Pasco, and thanks for the donation of the streaming. Yeah. Jack, I'm going to stop talking over you and well, sit back and listen. Thank and you. Let Don't go away the yet. Two of you take it. I'm not going away. I'm just going to shut up. Because I'd like to, you know. So we, we, you know, we, we made the hard choice of not being there this year, and that was probably for us, by you know, according to our personal minimums, was the right decision. Um, but we've been listening in uh, and listening to your stream and following the show on Twitter, and we've got a little bit of a flavor. And we also did a few dailies with uh, some friends of ours who were there. But but uh, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, what what kind of how? I know the you know first of all, how's the week gone for the radio station? And to the extent you know, how has the show the fly-in been? overall this week well actually the for the radio station we are down roughly 30 percent maybe more on volunteers um a lot of my people just could not make the trip this year and and i understand and i'm not upset with anybody about it um not had i not have the standing that i have i may have actually considered not coming but Mm -hmm. i i can't let my i can't let my staff down i 
So I had I made the decision to go ahead and come. I, I will be honest with you. I've seen the inside of the radio station, and I've seen the inside of my camper. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Other than running some volunteers out to their cars in the yellow lot, I have not intentionally, on purpose this year, gone out and wandered the grounds. Most years I don't do it because I don't have time. This year it was by choice. Um, but it, it's great. We, you know, Because of the pandemic, a number of our corporate exhibitors are not here, but others have stepped up and filled those vacant spots. Uh, prime example, the giant Honda display that's usually right across the street from the station. Not here this year, but the local Honda dealer has brought their still outstanding display, but considerably smaller than the major corporate display. And our friend Ramona Cox from Sky Chick has also set up over there. So we do have, you know, Honda does have a presence here. A lot of them have a presence here thanks to local dealers who filled the spaces. Um, other ones, we've brought in some uh, some some exhibitors and vendors that we've never had before. Um, out in the, you know, out down the food court on the way over to the museum, across the way there's usually multiple parts sellers. Right. Um, there's a, a company that does stunning pinstriping work. Well, you can get your aircraft pinstripes, so that's a tie-in, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the crowds leading in... A little bit from my vantage point standing on the deck, the crowds were maybe a little bit less than Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday crowds in the past, but still here. We still had a lot of people here. And I can actually tell you officially, because lights was on this morning and filled us in, we have broken all advanced ticket sales, airplanes, people... We have broken records this year, highest attendance on record this year. And so we are back, we are strong, we are better than ever. Let me ask you, Dave, um, what was yesterday like? Yesterday was Saturday. Yesterday, think about Saturday. Well, no, I'm not being a wise guy. No, I know, David, I understand completely. I want to explain to our listeners that... that Think about a Saturday In your position, you're not 100% sure what day today is, let alone what day yesterday was. And so he had to think there for a second. Yeah, what was Saturday Uh, Heck, I'm I'm not even sure I'm Dave right now, or which (laughs) which Dave I am. Yeah. But um, yesterday... Uh, What was Saturday like? Yeah. Picture a standard sun and fun Saturday Uh and add a bunch more people. Really? Yeah, it was it was packed. It was the 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 main entrance is directly south of the radio station, so everybody comes up Voyager Path between the station and the and the Sunset Grill or the right. big cafe pavilion here. Right, right. They were flowing they were flowing in all day and they were flowing out for I, I've never seen that many people heading out. In fact, Derek and I had to go over and uh, direct traffic at the golf cart crossing because there were that many people flowing out after the show was over. I'm, I'm assuming they were going to grab a bite to eat to come back for the night show, which was stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the night, uh, I'd like to hear, so it's interesting to hear about the differences and about the absences, but but what about the things that did happen? Anything? I know you didn't get a chance to see much of the show, but a lot of the show passed across your deck this past week, and I'm curious if any of it stands out to you as being uh, particularly excellent uh, and things that uh, that we hope to see again next year. Well, I'm, I love all airplanes, um, but I get thrilled when I see the Raptor and we've had F-22 Raptor demonstrations which as part of the air show 
was was just I, I stopped what I was doing and went out there and, and watched because you know it's just ama- amazing what you can do with a billion dollars worth of hardware, <laughs> 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 or is it a trillion? I forget. I, I, I wouldn't know, but personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a, in Jeb's case. It's amazing what you can do with a dollar's worth of hardware. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Jeb yeah, and I are about the same income bracket. <laughs> no, I know. Last time I had a billion dollars worth of hardware, it was pretty cool. There's no question about it. But uh, yeah. Um, I don't believe you, Jack. I think you're making that up. I have questions. Yeah, I have questions. Yeah, I know. Me? I know. Uh, That's pretty interesting. What else, David? Anything else jumps out at you? I know, like I said, I know it's limited, but I'm just wanted to kind of pick your brain for whatever experiences you might have had or seen or witnessed. Well, um, Derek brought me an Amish donut this morning. They're always fantastic. Um, okay. All right, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Amish donut. Yeah. An Amish donut. Yeah. This you have to explain. Or, or I'll, I'll come up. All right. Well, no, I'm, I'm more than happy to explain. There is a right behind the pilot mall for several years. There is a donut stand. They call them Amish donuts. They're fresh made donuts, and you go there, and they are still hot. And and just oh they're just so good, <laughs> and you know and, and of course one of the things that was new to la- new to nineteen or the last years <laughs> the last event you know we got we got special treats here at the radio station because uh, Linda Brewer our Roy Brewer's wife has uh, brought us special baked goodies at the radio station they were good um, you know I'm, I'm looking across C Max is here AOPA is here just sitting. On the deck, looking out, I'm seeing Blue Angels merchandise. There's uh, all kinds of people that are normally here. The massive AOPA tent is here. The one that's su- that not surprising, but still kind of makes it eerie when I look, is that you know how always there's the platform on top of the FAA building, and they've got mm-hmm. the canvases over it, and then there's always people on top of the FAA building. The FAA building is a ghost town. The FAA did not yeah. bring any presentations, seminars, anything this year. So that's odd to me. And after Larry Overstreet went to all the effort of cleaning that building, that's something I happen to know. But that's the difference this year. Larry Larry cleaned the blue room. Larry cleaned and arranged the blue room, and Ah. the blue room is my office now. God bless his sweet nomadic heart. Uh, just, that's <laughs> awesome. <right? laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's a been a ta- that's been a project of mine for years and it's just I've not com- I've not conquered it. And so if Larry made some progress there, God bless him. That's a good deal. Dave, yep. Well, and because you. I bought lockers. I bought some lockers to keep equipment in. Got it. And Got part it. of getting the lockers in was getting the room cleaned up to put them in. Um, we had a roof leak after the 19 event and uh, I was concerned there might be some mold and stuff in there. I didn't want to risk anybody's health anymore. Mm-hmm. So Larry went in there with a, I think he went in with a full OSHA uh, FEMA protective suit on and stripped all the blue foam off the walls. That's why it was the blue room, because we had pictures, blue carpet pictures. padding. Want pictures. Uh, yeah, he Jeb, didn't take any. Jeb, you about to say something? Yeah, Dave, th- that little clubhouse on the other side of you folks, um, how, how well attended was it this year? <laughs> the one yeah right i know right that one it is living up to its name this year oh okay very quiet very quiet okay. very quiet um they had actually they had actually fenced off their front yard area uh-huh uh, it was i've never seen that before they fenced yeah. off their front yard area um didn't really hear a whole lot you know, they had stuff going, and, and one of the things that drove me crazy was they had somebody here making barbecue every day. So from about uh-huh. 
9.30 in the morning, oh, I smelled barbecue all day, every day. Yeah. Oh. Oh. It's, it, but, it's a drag to be you. See, I cleaned that up for, for live radio. Um, <laughs> well, thank you, David. It's <clears throat> to be you. Yeah, I appreciate that uh, report from uh, from the week, and uh, um, you know uh, we're we're going to talk a little bit here just about general things and, and our experience from afar. Um, but please, do, first of all, Dave Shalbetter, thank you so much yeah, for uh, letting us sneak in here, um, even though we uh, we chose not to be there. Um, uh, we really really missed um, being involved with you guys this year, and uh, and hopefully you'll uh, you'll you'll give us a pass and we can come back next year. Um, we're we're kind of we always look forward to it. Every single year. So. Um, yeah, that's fine. Just uh, again, make that checkout to. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you I are here. You have airplanes. a banner on our deck. We do. Oh, I you have know. a banner on our deck. Okay. So you are hear... you are here in spirits. I mean, in I, spirit. I hear airplanes. What's that all about? Um, we're at an airport. <laughs> there's, a, there's an air show. Yeah, right. there's 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 an aerospace expo going on. Radio. No, that was a couple of uh, kerosene burner. Uh, looked like they were painted up in Air Force coloring, and I caught a, a so fast a glimpse as as they blasted off the runway. I couldn't even tell what they were. Got it. Okay. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you. And uh, just chime back in if we say something that uh, is worth chiming in about. Uh, and uh, Oh, just God, to... you don't realize how dangerous that is. Uh, Derek, Derek, mute my mic, please. Careful, careful to... what you wish for. Yeah, right. Just out of good form here, let me say welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast, coming to you this morning with a special episode. Uh, uh, we are literally, again, in our virtual hangar, but, uh, but connected to um, the, uh, uh, one of our favorite places in the world, uh, the Sun and Fun Radio deck. Um, but we are coming to this morning in spirit only from the 2021 Sun and Fun fly-in. Um, it's been an interesting week, Jeb. Um, we're still absent, Dave. We'll see whether or not he appears. Yeah. But uh, um, it's, Jeb, it's been an interesting week. Um, to I, I don't know how much you have tried or been able to experience the fly-in remotely. Um, I, speaking for myself, you know, I've, I've tried to kind of look in on Twitter, you know, multiple times sure. a day, yeah, and, yeah. and I've listened to the Sun and Fun radio stream off and on throughout the week, um, and, and there's, you know, this, there have been some interesting things going on, and I always love and, and hate missing the, the Blue Angels, which is right. a thing, um, and uh, and then I, apparently the C-17 was a big deal there this year, um, not simply with being on display, but doing a bunch of really cool flybys. I've yeah. seen video and Twitter mm-hmm. uh, of that. Um, anything that caught your attention from afar about this year's flying? Not, not really. Um, I mean, clearly it was a, a good show. Clearly it was um, a loss for us to have to miss it like we did. Uh, clearly, we had you know Blue Angels. We had the C seventeen. We had all kinds of other acts, the the, the jet powered sailplane, things like that. Um, and I, I think the um, the pent up demand for the air show uh, over the last two years, uh, obviously, um, was helped make it what it what it apparently has oh, been. Yeah, I think um, so. And I think. You know, from that standpoint, certainly having missed it as we did uh, is, is our loss. Um, and hopefully uh, those who, who attended won't, uh, uh, won't suffer any uh, um, Ill, Ill effects yeah. uh, from any of that. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, that's all we can really say about, sure. uh, about the current c- circumstances. But uh, it, it looks like um, they haven't lost their touch. 
And no, yeah, the, the it, Sun and Fund management hasn't lost their touch at all, and, and nor have the attendees. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds like a, a great time was had by all, and uh, um, you know, uh, hopefully, it, it, the mask wearing was sufficient and so forth. I, I uh, kudos, by the way, too. I, I should have said this to Dave while he was with us, um, because uh, just virtually every single image I saw from the Sun and Fun radio deck had a hundred percent mask wearing, yeah, and that yeah, that was yeah. that was really uh, you know something that they can be proud of too, uh, that they were. Um, you know, conscious about protecting their people like that. Um, what else? Uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people enjoying the week. Yep. Uh, um, I'm trying to think what else might have jumped out at me about the week. Um, apparently, the uh, the number of of, of uh, personal airplanes there this year was also um, very, very high. Well, I sent you that image, was it yesterday, I guess, uh-huh. um, of um, basically a four-flight screenshot of the uh, Lake Parker arrival. Yeah, and, it was a pretty steady it, train. It, it was a pretty steady train, yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, so, we had been talking about what, during one of the dailies, I think, we talked about the, uh, the the trials, or maybe it was on the previous episode, but we talked about the uh, the challenges of flying that appro- that arrival appro- procedure. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, that that uh, that four-flight uh, ADSB image of, of all of the uh, targets um, flying the approach was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so... But, it's interesting. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, and we haven't heard, you know, haven't seen or heard uh, anything about any any catastrophes or calamities or or uh, foobars or anything like that. So, yeah. from that standpoint, also, it it's apparently has been a great show. Yeah, it's a good thing, and uh, and you know, barring some unforeseen thing, uh, we'll be back next year. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I can't imagine not not being there next year. I, although I could hardly imagine not being there this year, but that's the way things worked out. Um, I, you know, it, the not being able to be there um, at Sun and Fun this week has gotten me to thinking about fly-ins I've attended in the past, mm-hmm. and and I just kind of w- wanted to reminisce maybe a little bit. Uh, invite you to to tell us a little bit about some of the ones. You know, obviously we 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 have a lot of memories from the uh, from Sun and Fun uh, in past years, and and from that other big fly-in up the road. Sure. But what about other fly-in adventures that you might have had over the years? Um, I, one one thing I would I would start out by saying that it's interesting because I I used to go to a, one, a lot of fly-ins um, early early in the early years of my being a pilot was when I was still living out in California and it and and my my recollection is like I went to I must have gone to ten or twelve fly-in air show kind of events a year mm-hmm. every year and and I'm and I'm trying to figure out that's that's just I don't go to them anymore, or is was that the nature of California? I'm tempted to think it's the nature of California. California being, well, the biggest state, but also having, as a result, um, having the most pilots, apparently. Florida being close behind or, right. or giving it a run for its money right. or something like that. But so there was a lot of fly-ins in California. And I would, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was, you know, many weekends I would jump in my Jeep Cherokee and drive to some distant place in, in California or occasionally over in Nevada or, or Arizona and uh, to go to a fly-in. So uh, lots of flights. There, there were there were great. Still is a great flying in Salinas, California, that I mm-hmm. used to enjoy a lot. Sure. Um, the uh, one of my favorite airports in the extended Bay Area is in the town called Watsonville. The Watsonville uh, sure. airport is, sure. is a lot of fun, and they used to do, and I believe they still occasionally do um, a uh, sort of an airport day fly-in thing. 
Um, and so that's a that's a strong memory. Um, it was interesting. It was it was those fly-ins back then in that era where I first was introduced to a relatively newcomer to the air show um, um, circuit, um, a, a new aerobatic pilot who had learned, trained in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, named Sean Tucker. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, and, and we knew Sean Tucker from air shows all around California for a long time. And then I remember the first time I saw him fly at the big air show up the road in Wisconsin. Um, and uh, and the, the crowd was just standing aghast watching him do the things that he did. Yeah. And I and and they go, wow! Look at that guy. And I said, yeah, that's Sean. We saw Sean all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. Where's my hot dog? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, that's Sean. He's yeah. great, and he, yeah, we yeah. like Sean. Um, what, what kind of memories do you have about well, fly-ins know, and air shows that you've attended over the years? My first memory of an air show um, uh, came in the 1960s, uh, as I've talked about in the past. Uh, my father is the the one to whom I attribute getting me interested in aviation and, and was uh, my mentor when I was a student pilot and a young private pilot. Um, but I remember he had his commercial uh, ticket for years and, and uh, um, never really flew for money, but uh, did it so he could do some uh, uh, some assistance with some, some guide uh, hunting and, and things like that in Alaska with a buddy of his. But um, years ago, uh, he took me to the local air show. This was in Carbondale, Illinois, where we lived at the time. And um, all the airplanes scattered around and uh, um, just the, the being up close and personal with them and everything. That was certainly one of the events that, that got me hooked on aviation. And I remember one specific thing about that event. Um, there was a, a P-51. And... Uh-huh. We were standing, well, the other thing was, uh, they don't do this anymore because it would be a loss leader, uh, but they, they had what they called penny-a-pound rides. And penny, get, oh, penny-a-pound rides, sure. Penny, okay, pe- yep. Yeah, you get on a scale, and depending on how much you weighed, um, that's how much you had to pay to go for a ride. And it was basically, you know, once around a pattern in a Cessna kind of sure. thing. Um, but I remember that vividly. I don't know how much it cost, but, you know, back then, 50 cents was real money. Um, um, the, uh, but the, the P-51 thing. So we were there on the last day, the last few hours uh, of the show. And, uh, one of the aircraft on display had been a P-51. Um, and, uh, he took off and, and, you know, making the Merlin noise and, and all of that kind of thing going out and, and whatnot. And, and we were ooing and eyeing and, and, uh, we watched, uh, at the, at the de- departure end of the runway as a, as a Learjet. Um, uh, lined up and took to the runway. And um, Dad says, hey, now watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lear, this is, I'm sure, a 23 or 24, because this was well before the 30 series came out. Um, the Lear was loud, low, and fast. And it was like, oh, my. Yeah, that, that kind of did, did uh, top the... Uh, uh, the P-51, but at the same time, you know, you're kind of a yin and a yang kind of, of thing about, um, well, which was better? Well, the, the P-51 is, is, you know, sexy in its own way. The Lear is sexy in its way. So what are you going to do? Well, you, you have to go with both. Yeah, yeah. You have to go with both. 
pretty cool. Pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. So that's that's you know you asked me about some of my memories. That's probably my favorite memory and the one that goes back the farthest. Nice, nice. Uh, we have to take a little break now. Uh, let the uh, Sun and Fun Radio people have their station back for a couple minutes. Um, but uh, uh, we're going to return in, in just a few more minutes for another half an hour. We'll talk some more about uh, memories of fly-ins and then talk about some ju- uh, some general general aviation stuff and maybe even be joined by our cohort, Dave Higdon. We'll see. Time will tell. Dave's um, not here, man. Yeah, Dave's not here, man. Um, but uh, in any event, let's see. They, apparently, they've gotten very strict about the timing of this thing this year. And so I'm trying to, by my little clock, be exactly on time. So what I'm going to say now is we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with this very special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace in just a few minutes. Hello, this is Larry Overstreet. You're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788-1510 AM, and online at liveatc.net slash SNF. Sun and Fun thanks our sponsor. And now... Back to the Sun and Fun Radio Deck, brought to you in part by Green Bay Austin Straubel International Airport. We're back. We're back. So uh, you didn't think you were going to get rid of us that easy, although we still haven't found our friend. I don't know. It's like I... uh... So I would urge everyone to you have to now if you don't even if you don't listen to this podcast on a regular basis you got to listen to the next episode so cuz cuz there's going to be some singing and dancing that's going to go on explaining why he completely forgot that we were doing an episode this yeah, morning. Yeah, we're, we're going to be fairly merciless. Well, yeah, merciless and I, and quite frankly his excuse could be entertaining, but <laughs> time will tell. We'll see. Um, you know, it's going to be some it's going to be some elaborate adventure that he had with some friend, some socially distanced friend having breakfast in Wichita. I, I hope it involves a woman is all I could say. Uh, that would be well, yeah, okay, that would be I guess, yeah. <laughs> Somehow some way. Um, so anyways, David, we're miss you. Where are you? Uh let's see now. Um what did I want to talk about next here? Oh, I know what I want to talk about. So, um, a, certain, a couple of things unrelated to the Sun and Fun flying here. Um, on a past episode, we got to talking about the subject of measuring angles, you know, like 10 degrees, 20 degrees, 30 degrees. And, and I was talking about how I was doing a lot of 3D stuff, and, and a measurement called radians had, been, had gotten into the picture. Um, and... And I invited listeners to educate me about this. All right, I said I really wanted to know about this. All right, and so I, uh, um, I you know, I, and and I really did. All right, and so uh, I, we in fact heard from a listener, actually an old friend listener. Um, so we heard from a listener, Stuart, um, who is better known to us or to me, anyways. He used to go by the uh, handle Ruckin on our forums. Jeb, I don't know if you remember Ruckin. I do. But Ruckin used to be a real regular back when the forums were regular, um, which is a whole sad, long story in itself. But uh, um, he sent me a really interesting uh, email where he gave me a, 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 a somewhat of an overview. I mean, it's not like he went into in excruciating detail, but he, he went off on the whole subject of, yeah, of all is... a whole bunch of different ways that angles get measured for different purposes. And, uh, and, and, and degrees and radians are just the tip of the iceberg, as it turns out. Um, and so I just wanted to, uh, to thank uh, Stuart for, uh, for checking in. And, uh, and yeah, that was, that was good stuff. I, I learned some things from his email, and, uh, and I appreciate that. I, I, and there's a link to it. There's a link in the show notes if anybody's curious. Um, and likewise, Jeb and, and Dave, you guys can take a look as well. Yeah, I, uh, I'm just a lowly poli-sci major, so... You know, That's right. I, uh, uh, I understand degrees. I understand you know radius and diameter and circumference. 
Uh, that's about it. Every, everything else here, I need you know a thesaurus to or a dictionary mm-hmm. to and a math yeah. book to, to try to figure out. But yeah. but that's that's my problem, not Stuart. Stuart, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, and 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 thanks. Remembering back to uh, to the forum days, Ruckin was a was yeah. a real regular and yeah. uh, and also educated us about a lot of things. That was cool. So, so, but what's this about the the L.A. jetpack guy? So I don't know. Um, so I got a a, a text or a, or a tweet or something like that from Larry Overstreet, one of the bad boys of the uncontrolled airspace, and uh, who was on one of our dailies earlier in the week, and and uh, he forwarded to me um, a, a TikTok video which is the first link that I've, sh- I've put in these notes. And then I went searching on YouTube and found a more extensive version of the same video of a, apparently there's an outfit called, and I don't have an open on my screen here, Gravity Storm. No, that's not quite Gravity right. Industries. Gravity Industries, okay? And Gravity Industries is, uh, uh, has created a, apparently a somewhat practical um, Pers- you know, per- person-carrying jetpack system that involves a kind of medium-sized, not huge, backpack, um, as well as um, a-, a pair of, of I-, I think thrusters. of them as being, what's that? Thrusters. Thrusters, but on, on your hands. So right. you, so- you sort of, they're mounted on these things that you kind of grab, almost glove-like, not really glove-like, but kind of like that. Th- to me, they're very Iron Man-like. Uh-huh. See, that, uh, I, I'm a I'm a Marvel Cinematic Universe person, okay? And and Iron Man has thrusters in his hands. That's hard part of how Iron Man flies is that he has thrusters on his feet and his back, but also on his hands. And that's what this looks like to me all the time. So the video that Larry sent us um, shows it's apparently part of a, and then I found the YouTube video which is longer which is a promotional video apparently from this Gravity Industries outfit um, of them demonstrating how you might use this flying machine as part of a team that is trying to interdict a, uh, a f- perhaps I, I think the idea of this video is that it's a um, a, a freighter that's been taken over by pirates, right? And so there's a team that's trying yeah, to could, recapture I mean, that, the freighter. That, that could, I, I didn't look at the longer one. Yeah. I'm still looking and at long the Long story short, they, the, uh, the, the guy wearing the jetpack launches off the back of a smaller, you know, fast boat, all right? And, and there's video. They, they used one of these funky, you know, uh, video camera things attached to his back so you can kind of see it almost from his point of view. And uh, and he lifts off from this boat, all right, and he flies at the stern of this freighter or tanker or whatever it is, all right, and then lands on the the deck at the stern of the of the uh, freighter, and then and that's the TikTok video. If you watch the longer video, it also shows um, other. Uh, 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 some sort of law enforcement or maritime law enforcement folks also boarding the ship um, and uh, and recapturing the ship. So, interesting technology. The video suggests that this is a real thing, that it works. Um, he showed the guy. The guy seemed very happy about the whole thing. He was big, all smiles. He, he didn't get wet. Yeah, I would yeah. be happy too. Well, yeah, <laughs> this time, yeah, once, right? Right, right. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, and so my my immediate my first thought when I when Larry sent this to me was, L.A. jetpack guy on LAX final, mystery solved. Could be, could be. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, this is consistent with the th- reports that we heard about uh, about that uh, that uh, mysterious jetpack guy on on final. I want uh, I want to know more though. I mean. <laughs> I want to know about endurance. I want to know about uh, yeah, I, I, uh, climbing ability and, and uh, yeah. that that kind of performance. How how can uh, is this even capable of being three or four thousand feet? 
uh, yeah. you know, in, in cruising and batting right along at you know some some number yeah. of knots. I don't know. Well, once, yeah. Know. Well, yeah. you know, once it is. Yeah, right. I don't know. So, I don't, but that's that's this is just sort of the latest in the thing. It's it's interesting technology. I still still I don't know. You know what? The future's. You know, the future is wide open. As the song yeah, exactly. Says. It's yeah. Uh, it's right. Yeah, you know, like you know, the future is a long time. So it's uh, this will probably happen eventually. But In the long run, we're all dead. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, or, yeah, but okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, one thing though, I mean, I think we really need to talk about because we've talked about it in the past, and you kind of poo pooed it and put it below the fold and whatnot. Yeah, but that is sometime before most of us wake up tomorrow. Yes. Uh, Go ahead. NASA's Ingenuity helicopter will have attempted its first flight on another planet. Okay. Now, first of all, let's let's put a pin in that. Okay. Okay. I didn't poop. What did I poop? Well, you 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 put it below the fold. You said probably not going to be talked about. No. And the reason I put it behind. All right. right. The reason I I I I, I retract my statement. No. Well, you know what? So I did put it below the fold, and I'll explain why. All right. Um, Although some people are listening to us live here on Sunday morning. All right. Most people are going to hear this episode. That's correct. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's that's correct. And so for them, ingenuity's flight or not flight or whatever will be in the past right all right um and so um so let's just kind of keep that in mind as yes, as yes. you and i share our in genuinely shared excitement about this yes yes yeah. ingenuity so ingenuity had some problems what was the nature of so they were supposed to fly like a almost a week ago right i think and, the original the original date that i remember and it, it this is goes back at least a month or so was april 8 and uh, i i wasn't paying attention enough to know uh, at the time, what um, what the the um, problems were, or the the challenges were, uh, however that should be phrased. Um, looking at some links on uh, on NASA's website yesterday, I see where um, they've had some software things that they wanted to change, uh, maybe some configurations, maybe some uh, um, um, some some. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know anything right. about how that software is, is uh, designed yeah. and, and whatnot. They also apparently, I don't know, you call it operating system level changes or application level changes or something, uh, but they've definitely tweaked up that software a little yeah. bit. Um, yep. So all of that having been said, they've, they've turned the rotors. Uh, um, um, well, pers- it, it, perseverance... You know, the way this all works, um, yep. the, the helicopter itself, Ingenuity, was collapsed, folded up underneath um, Perseverance, the, um, the, the lander. Mm-hmm. And um, Perseverance rolled to a, a specific location, um, literally lowered Ingenuity and allowed it to unfold and stand up on its own four legs, so to speak. And then... Uh, Perseverance rolled away, mm-hmm. exposing and leaving uh, leaving ingenuity to to its own and its own airspace and sitting there looking very fragile, yeah. looking very fragile, looking very lonely, uh, but also looking very high tech and very yeah. um, very well designed for the task that it's that it's uh, uh, there for. I agree with that. Yes. Um, so they they turned the rotors. They got all that done uh, a day or so ago, a couple of days. And now um, they're just making sure that uh, their one shot at this, or, or their, their first shot at this anyway, right, uh, right. works as well as it can be expected to. Yeah. Now, it's going to happen 
and, and again, we're so we're on live on Sun and Fun Radio on Sunday morning, um, and uh, East Coast time. Um, East Coast time, and um, yeah, I agree <coughs> with what you've said. So yeah, that was the thing is that apparently. Um, so they did, then there were actually two spin the rotor tests, at least two, yeah, at least, all right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because there was an early one that was fine where they just spun them very slowly, I think probably just to make sure they, in fact, turned, all right? Uh, and then the next test just prior to the day it was originally going to fly involved spinning them at full speed, which is pretty fast for these kinds of things, it, all right? It's very fast given the density of the air. On, yeah, uh, exactly the, the, why, the, right? Density yeah. of the atmosphere. I wouldn't call it air. Density yeah. of the atmosphere on Mars. And as I understand it, and everything you said is correct, I'm just kind of expanding on it a yeah. little bit um, is that um, so in they were going to they had to do a second another test where they were going to spin the blades at like I guess I'm thinking is zero pitch but full speed mm-hmm. all right because apparently these are variable pitch blades they they rotate on, on I mean, variable pitch I would guess they are yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen them seen images of them moving the sample um, you know it, items but uh, so they were going to spin them at full speed that was the next test you know, one of the last tests prior to the actual flying and in the process of getting into the mode where they could spin them at full speed like you said there was some operating system things that had to happen transitions modes had to fire up or something like that and apparently and, and keeping in mind none of this happens in real time from yeah. the perspective yeah. of the controllers in, in uh, I guess they're in, in uh, California um, this all happens remotely, autonomously, and so what happened on Mars was that in the process of leading up to this test, one of these mode changes didn't get completed, and and as a result, Ingenuity put itself in, kind of said, "Hang on, right? you know, I'm, this is not right. I'm going to wait for further instructions," and that's the stuff you were just talking about, yeah. and uh, and yeah, they they decided that they needed to do some tweak the software somehow, some way, and apparently they, so so like you said, they finally did do the full speed rotor test just recently um as of today sunday morning and uh and yeah what i heard was that it's actually this goes you talk about time zone math maybe we shouldn't give dave such a hard time for not being able to translate central time to eastern time because translating to or maybe we should because there are some people who have to translate martian time to california exactly time. and then and then and then not they're not even bothering after that to translate it yeah Coast right time. because because apparently what i read in the news this morning is that this flight is scheduled to occur at about 3 30 a.m tonight monday morning uh-huh. um east coast time that's correct. right that's correct. um but then, because Mars is so far away, and there's all these steps in the vault, you know, apparently that it take, you know, so so the flight happens or whatever happens happens, all right, and it all gets recorded both by ingenuity and by perseverance, and then ingenuity transmits whatever it's got to perseverance. Perseverance then transmits it to a satellite that's going around Mars, all right, and then that transmits it to California, and there may be other steps in the process, but that's kind of. The upshot of all this is that they don't expect to hear anything until about 6 o'clock Monday morning. Um, and so that's when, that's when the real, you know, our excitement will be. In fact, I read someplace that NASA is going to do a live stream beginning at 6.15 a.m. Eastern Time that's correct. Mon- Monday yeah. morning. Yeah. And I, I'm, I expect to be, be at my computer watching that live stream. Because if people haven't figured this out already, uh, I and I think Jeb are pretty excited about this. Yeah, this we're, is going to be we're, cool. We're very, uh, very yeah. supportive of this, yeah. very interested in this, and, and definitely have our fingers crossed. Yeah. 
And to those listeners who are, are, are listening to this after the fact, if you could just kind of drop us an email, tell us if it worked. I thought be... <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. um, you know, obviously, um, this is a, a very unique situation. Yeah, uh, for uh, for NASA, for JPL, um, for Caltech, and, and all the technicians and everyone else involved here, um, you're trying to fly an experimental aircraft um, with what are basically experimental uh, uh, communications and data relays over I don't even know how many millions of miles um, in a hostile environment uh, that uh, uh, no human has ever visited. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, whatever happens, um, these people are steely-eyed rocket people. <laughs> they surely are. They really, truly are. Uh, hats yeah, off is... to them. Um, yeah. No, uh, um, I, I just don't understand how anybody could be um, uh, angry or, or annoyed or disappointed or anything like that at, at the kinds of, of, of achievements that are involved here. Yeah, I know. I agree with you completely. I just, I, I, yeah, it makes me think of the, you and I are both fans of the TV show The West Wing. Yes. And uh, um, and there's a scene. There's a little short speech from one of the episodes of The West Wing, where there was a Martian um, uh, ex- exploration thing happening in that episode, and one of the characters, uh, Sam, if you know The West Wing, um, was responding to someone who was questioning, "Why the heck are we doing this? Why are we spending all this money on stuff that far away?" And and I can't do it nearly as as eloquently as Sam did, which is to say, as Aaron Sorkin did. But uh, but his basic answer was, "This is what we do. We're humans, and we're explorers, right. and uh, and 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 Mars is what's next. And so it's what's uh, next, exactly. It's right. it's uh, what we should be doing. And so I'm optimistic that Ingenuity is going to do some really miraculous stuff tonight. Um, but regardless of what happens, we will learn stuff, and and we'll we'll go back and do it again. Yeah. I mean, um, the Wright brothers didn't fly. Their their first attempt at, at flight wasn't successful. Right. Yeah. And, and so. uh, they, uh, even this was powered flight. Even their gliding, uh, uh, non-powered flight, uh, involves some some uh, some bent rudders and, and bent uh, airplane parts. So you know, everybody just take a chill pill. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and 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 get it get it get you know get on board with the excitement because yeah. it's exciting stuff. You this know? is this is very cool. This um, is about as cool as it gets, as far as I'm concerned. But and it's oh so high tech too. You know, I mean, like for example, the 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 nature of the fasteners and connections that they use. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, yes, yes. So no, I don't want anybody to ever give me a hard time the next time I use a zip tie to fasten something to one of my vehicles. Well, um, and the reason I reason I came across this, I was just poking around looking at a bunch of other stuff but yeah um there's this you know i'm kind of sitting here riding the cusp of old school versus new school uh personal aviation and you know i've I've got a metal airplane that was built in the 60s and i've got uh uh, you know gps and and adsb and all this which is the the new wave um but i've still got steam engines but 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 on my uh the wiring some of the the um engine uh, monitor wiring, uh, the, the um, leads to the, the various sensors, the EGT and c- cylinder head probes and things like that. Um, there's a, a method of securing these wires that's called lacing. And yep. basically it's, it's something 
not unlike a shoelace, but it's a very, right. it's a flat uh, um, material. Um, I wouldn't call it a string. I wouldn't call it monofilament, but it's it's a, a multi-fiber uh, um, type of, of material that is literally tied around with a small knot that yeah. secures a lot of these wires. And this this technique extends way back to I don't know how long, uh, but basically is is uh, occurs well before things like zip ties. Right. Were now bring invented. me. You know, I don't know if we've actually said what the connection here is between what you're talking about and. I, I was getting to that. So there's there's an okay. image on on this website sciencealert.com that we'll we'll try to put a link in link to in uh, in our show notes for this episode uh, where there's a uh, in the in the picture in the image there are two zip ties being used on Mars to secure cabling to uh, this is a curiosity a different this is one of the earlier rovers this is right, yeah, yeah one of the earlier different rovers from from perseverance and ingenuity but two zip ties in the in the image being used on curiosity and according you know i don't know how old this image is uh i get the impression that it's uh fairly recent mm-hmm. um because uh, one of one of the uh other things shown in the image is the wear and tear on the uh treads that uh um the wheels or treads or whatever they're called on on uh, curiosity and yeah. how how they've suffered from from wear yeah. and tear on mars yep. so the the punchline is a two punchlines. NASA uses zip ties yeah. on on spacecraft. Yeah. B they've held up in well, the harsh conditions of, of the Mars of the Mars and, surface. And as a result, I you know what? Maybe we should do some research here. But I got to figure that these are fan, these are not your everyday well, they, like Harbor the, Freight zip ties. Well, okay? I, I'm sure they're not. In fact, the uh, um, uh, the story here, the text accompanying these images. Uh, it says the zip ties intended for extraterrestrial use are made of tefzol, E-T-F-E, ethylene tetrafluoroethylene uh-huh. resins, designed for extreme temperatures, high UV levels, and 2,000 times more radiation than what you'd find in the standard plastic nylon version. Okay. So yeah, these are not these are not yeah. Harbor Freight because apparently it makes a difference. You know, so um, I, I, I was at. I was in the in the, the flea market at one of these fly-ins. It might have been Sun and Fun, um, where I, I encountered somebody who went on a big. Ring. We were, I was I was looking at the you know because you can buy big bundles of zip ties. Yeah. And uh, and you can buy white ones and you can buy black ones and you can buy various colored ones. And this person I was standing next to went on this big rant about how you you know, it's like you got to use the white ones. You always especially if it's going to be exposed to the sun because this plastic will break down and they will fail and the black ones are even worse because they they absorb more sun whatever yeah. infrared or ultraviolet or whatever. And uh, he says you always should use the white ones. Always use the white ones. And so well, and, and, and he and whoever that was is basically correct. I've definitely seen Zip ties that I installed for one purpose or another deteriorate over time. Not yeah. on the airplane necessarily, but on on other uh, other equipment, yeah. Uh, yeah. lawnmowers, so. etc. Uh, and some of that's you know wear and tear. Some of that's motion. Some of that's vibration. Uh, but some of it was just being exposed to to yeah. to the elements, especially yeah. here in Florida. 
we're reaching the end of our allotted time here, um, I, but I would like to bring our little conversation here about Mars technology and, and ingenuity and whatnot full circle by, by pointing out that um, a lot of the things that we see at these uh, EAA-related fly-ins, um, the, 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 uh, the innovation that is happening in garages around the world where people are building and, and, you know, airplanes and extending on airplanes and, um, is, uh, is, is really remarkable these days. And, and, and a lot of it can be directly, a lot of the technology like we see on Mars um, is, can be, I think, can be connected back ultimately to people working in garages, um, like a lot of the sun and fun visitors who are building their airplanes and, you know, a lot of the uh, avionics technology. And uh, kudos to all those folks for all of the uh, experimentation and development and innovation that, that they are doing. And you can see all that stuff at fly-ins like Sun and Fun every single time. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think, I'm going to stick my neck out here a little bit, but uh, we, we talked, uh, we've talked about uh, perseverance and ingenuity a lot uh, over the last few weeks. Um, and uh, at one point we were talking about, you know, who gets to log the time yeah, uh, flying yeah. this helicopter on Mars? And uh, someone on Twitter uh, pinged me and, and said, he sent me a link and said, you know, I think this is the guy right. who, who gets to log the time. And he's uh, like mission commander or, or chief pilot. or I think he's got the title of ingenuity chief pilot. Yeah, I think he's cool. exactly right. Yeah. And looking at his background, he's definitely a steely-eyed rocket man. Yeah, there um, you go. There but you I go. think in his background also, he's, he's a pilot. But I think in his background also, he's got some experimental aircraft construction. There you go. Uh, background. There you go. There you and go. it all comes full circle that way. Yep. Yep. We got to wrap this thing up. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, thank you, Jeb. It's always fun to get together with you. Absolutely. Uh, uh, we'll talk about how we're going to torture David uh, for not appearing. Uh, um, we'll do that offline. Big thanks to uh, all of our friends at Sun and Fun. Thanks to Dave Shelbetter um, and to the various engineers, Derek and, and Marcus and, and, and another Dave, Dave Pasco, uh, yeah. who helped us with the technology. All, all you thing. guys rock. Thank you so much. And everybody at Sun and Fun Radio who we love hanging out with on normal years and we look forward to hanging out with next year. Thank you so much for, for your help. Thanks to the uh, to uh, Jim G. and to Larry Overstreet uh, who visited us with us during one of our, daily, our dailies this week. Um, just uh, thank you to everyone who helps us out with this podcast we really really appreciate it um and uh i don't know jeb i didn't get an answer from you but uh, are you willing to uh, play the role uh, uh, uh you know uh, filling I, the role the filling the role of dave higgins i'll give it a point. shot I, I think it's I, jeb is there something that david would want to tell us at this point he would say go fly because it lengthens your lifespan because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan that's right and that's enough talking let's go flying you're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788, 1510 AM, and online at liveatc.net slash SNF.